Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have Book of Worms. They have a new album called Occult New Age, which is released on May 7th via Desert Records. Right now, I'm being joined by Jay to share some more information about this stellar release, as well as what the band has got going on. So, Jay, welcome to the show. And thanks for having me. We're stoked to stoked to be on here. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Now, this release, I'm looking at the artwork, and immediately as I look at the artwork, I start thinking, is this a, I don't want to use the term Buddhist or maybe meditation, but are we, are we starting to fly along those lines because we have some meditation and multiple heads and things going on? We're, I mean, we're getting there. We're not quite there. Um, so, you know, with the title Occult New Age, we wanted to leave it really open to whatever that means to whoever's checking it out. And, you know, I always thought it was interesting. They would throw Buddhism and Hinduism over into the, the occult and new age section of the bookstore, but not necessarily the Christian books. Um, but I don't know. It's whatever, whatever makes you feel in touch with that mystery and, and sort of the ominousness and power of nature. Uh, we, we gave Tara Lynn, the artist, a lot of free reign. You know, we kind of gave her a few ideas of what the album's about and almost sort of just a color palette. And she ran with it. She lives in West Virginia and she, you can see with those mountains and everything, she caught the, you know, the power of nature and that and everything. So it's, you know, I don't want to say it's directly Buddhism, but it it's in the whole, you know, all powerful being one with everything, whatever, again, whatever it is to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so sort of in the, in the spirit of the new age, you know, pick and choose what you want from it. Okay. Well, you bring up some very interesting topics because, you know, in the beginning we were chatting about, uh, one of the track titles being in Yiddish, which for those who don't know, Yiddish is uh, basically a, a bastard form of South German. And uh, it's spoken primarily by Jewish people. And in Judaism, there is meditation. And even uh, coming specifically in uh, Kabbalah or Kabbalah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Kabbalah is Hebrew for received. So basically it means you're in a meditative trance-like state and you're receiving directly from uh, the source. And then eventually that translated into uh, Islam, where you have Sufism and you also have some Christian Kabbalah as as well. So then you get into modern day where ask any Jew if they know about meditation and they're like, they don't know. Ask Muslims if they know about meditation. They, they might know, maybe. Uh, Christians ask them what they know about meditation. No, that's stuff that heathens do. So, yeah. So it's a very interesting, interesting uh, thing to suggest that meditation is only for something else out there. Uh, this this book section, right? Of uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just the idea that it's like, like you said, like some some weird thing that other people do, and it's like, well, no, like probably wherever you're from, somebody somebody in your past did something like meditation and further back probably did something like shamanism. And, you know, you, that that's one of the cool threads that's through a lot of that new age stuff is there's a more of an open mind about it. And there's, you know, there's Christian new age and, and there's definitely Jews who, you know, do meditation. You're supposed to meditate on what's in the Kabbalah or whatever. And then there's a ton of Buddhist Jews, which is like always been really interesting to me, but, there's no rule against it. Like 
you could be a good Jew and a Buddhist at the same time. I don't know if it's the same way for other Western religions, but, you know, it, and that's kind of, you know, New Age gets crapped on a, a lot, and kind of rightly so, because there's a lot of dilettantism and lack of real respect, like tourism. But one of the things I think it gets right is that all of these different disciplines are, are sources to the same kind of thing. And when you get into advanced religion, hey, how's it going? Hey! <laughs> uh, this is hey. my son, Gabriel. Oh, hey, okay. Gab hey, nice to meet you. Nice to meet oh. you, too. How, is, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good today. That's, that's good to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> are you going to join in? Sure, I'm, I'm done school, so. Okay. Oh, good. You still have your school already. Yep. Yeah, yeah it's all day today, so. Yeah, over here it is quarter to three, and uh, he's online. All of, half of kindergarten online, all of grade one online, and he's booked up for half of grade two to be online just because of the way things are going. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the way it is for everybody now. It's pretty wild. Yeah. I can't, I can't imagine how he does it, but he's, he's a trooper. He's manic. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Sweet. Okay, so you were saying. Uh, yeah, just, I mean, all of those disciplines and studies, it's all kind of a main mainspring to the same thing. And, you know, you get advanced enough in anything, whether it's music or religion or, or physics, and it all kind of gets back to, you know, sort of a molecular world, stardust thing. So, you know, there's cheesy elements to it, and then there's really cool, profound elements to it. And I think all of that's cool. Mm-hmm. The cheese could be stardust. The cheese is stardust too, man. I mean it's all it's all stardust and cheese. That's right. Oh man, wasn't it? Oh, I just lost his name. No, not happening. I'm gonna get the name back. Uh Carl <laughs> Carl Sagan. Didn't he say that yeah. every, everything was stardust? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Billions and billions of stardust or stuff. Can't remember what he said. Anyway. Uh which <laughs> takes us into this record. Is this record an expression of Obviously, it's called a cult new age. Um, is there a, a concept, a theme, a story? Yeah, a little bit of a, a concept. So, you know, it, it plays on our last two records. were both literary themed. Um, the first one was sci-fi fantasy. Um, and then the next one was remythologizer, which is a, a term somebody came up with for um, Tolkien. And then this one went back kind of with the first record where it's like the name of a section of the bookstore, Cult New Age. And so more than any more than any specific New Age philosophy, just the just the vibe of being in that section of the store, you know, especially when you were younger and it was like kind of a musty, crusty bookstore and you go in there and there's all these books on like weird stuff that nobody's ever told you about. And it just feels like what? Maybe these things are real. Maybe they're there were ancient civilizations, maybe I can astral project. And then, you know, you get older and like, oh, no, I probably can't astral project, but it's still cool to think about. So it's, it's more of just that vibe and kind of, you know, maybe somebody would find it insulting to treat New Ageism as sort of a, a fantasy escape. But to my mind, that's most of what it is. Um, so it, it's a form of escapism. But then the title is also a play on, you know, what we're living in is an occult New Age. Everything's so mysterious and we don't know what's going on. And so that's the other meaning of the word occult. Um, so not like a concept album, like there's a linear story going through there, but everything's kind of just in that sort of paranoid, what's real, what's not, you know, how are we perceiving things kind of, mm -hmm. kind of feel. 
Okay. I'm actually looking at the occult section of a bookstore right now on the internet. And because uh, I can't go to a physical store right now in this right. in this in this moment, but um, yeah, because there's a pandemic going on, and there's an interview going on while there's a pandemic going exactly. on. Can you believe exactly. it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and of course, you know, I remember going going to that section several times, and it's almost like the lighting is different at that section mm-hmm. of you know of the store, and you don't know if it's on purpose or if it's just because you shouldn't be there. Or something. <laughs> yeah, it feels like forbidden or or secret. And then you know, as long as you can keep that feeling, it it's pretty awesome and profound. You know, like I said, you kind of get older and learn more about everything, and it doesn't have that same power. But the first time you go into that section of the bookstore and you're not sure if you're supposed to be there, it's kind of a cool feeling. Mm-hmm. Okay, now let's go into a couple of tracks that we wanted to chat about today, which was Holler Goblin. And what is that? Is that a goblin that's hollering? I know that sounds uh, kind of basic, so, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, so it, was... <laughs> it's pretty regionally specific. Um, so, you know, a holler is sort of how people in Appalachia, the Allegheny Mountains, would say a hollow, which is kind of an area in the mountain that's sort of protected on on a few sides by by the mountainsides. It's sort of nestled in there, so there's only one way in and one way out. Um, and a lot of times you'd have like an entire family or an entire crime group, you know, blocking off one of those and it's like their own little wooded hollow that nobody can get into or out of without them knowing. So in moonshining days, you know, you'd see moonshine stills later, you'd see grows or even later you'd see maybe like somebody cooking, cooking meth or something in a trailer. The point is you don't want to be on somebody's hollow, um, if you're not supposed, if they don't know you, um, and so the story there is that Sarah and I were driving in one of the you know national forests up in a mountain, and on the phone it looked like there was a, a neat little road that went across kind of one of the spurs of the mountain, and it was like oh that that should be a really nice overlook, so we took we took it and it started getting less developed and less paved, and the everything was sort of encroaching around us. The, the forest was encroaching. All of a sudden it's like a dirt road. Um, it's too narrow to turn around, and it, it just became obvious we weren't welcome. Uh, you know, we couldn't see anybody, but that feeling like you felt observed. And again, it was so narrow, you couldn't really turn around. Um, and we got to a place where there was two trucks that just had the road light, roadblock. And again, it's just middle of nowhere, no cell service. And so we're, like, doing, like, a 20-point turn, trying to, like, turn around and go back down the mountain, because we're like, we really shouldn't be here. Um, so... In a in a real sense, the song's about that. But a holler goblin is sort of like any any sort of you know spooky creature that lives in one. It could be a um, a bigfoot or an alien, you know, depending on on the region you're in. So it's a a mix of those two things. Like, yeah, we shouldn't be here. We're not welcome here. But then also, sort of like what what isn't welcoming us here? And so you know, we took like the normal. I guess real life paranoia of like, oh man, we might be on somebody's land where we shouldn't have made it. Like, what if it was more than just a person's land we were on? This is very true. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures right now of hollers or mm. of uh, or goblins. Well, I tried to find the goblins, but instead I settled for the hollers. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of black and white pictures of uh, creepy people. Um, yeah. 
that's the the stereotype. And of course, I mean, it's like anything else. You don't want to like stereotype the whole region or stereotype all the people that live in an area as being sketchy or anything like that. But in general, when you're somewhere really rural and remote, it's not good to wander onto somebody's land, or at least, and more so in the U.S. than in other countries. I know other places there's like the right to roam and things like that. But here, like, if you're on somebody's land, a lot of times out there they'll assume that you're of ill intent one way or another, whether you're some sort of government actor or or a rival. I don't know. You just don't want to find yourself in that situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got a nice swing set, though. I'm looking at a... Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Or maybe not. I don't know. Okay, now, one of the next things we were going to chat about is uh, kind horror, which means, in Yiddish, no evil eye. And... Yeah. Um, Evil eye is like the 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 jealous eye looking out and going, I want that. How can I have yeah. that? And and you nailed it with that because it's and that's what we we talk about in the song is it's again like it, we we like stuff that has all these multiple layers. So are these people really afraid of of like a, a demonic evil presence like getting you because you were happy about something, or are they maybe talking about their neighbor's evil eye, you know, coveting what they have? Or even one beyond that, are they talking about their own eye being proud of what they have? And, or is it all three? And again, and it's just so fascinating to me to think of times before, you know, before the 1900s when, like, these things were just real to people. Um, not like now where it's like, oh, that's a neat symbol. Like, you know, if you lived in a village or like, maybe that, that felt very, very real to you. But, you know, it, it's along the same line as don't count your chickens before they hatch or anything like that, any of those kinds of things. But, it just has such a sinister connotation and it kind of doesn't matter if it's a demon or if it's your neighbor or if it's yourself. If, if, you know, obsession over what you have is, it could be bad enough on its own without there even being an evil eye. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'm reminded of a couple of things. Yetzer Chara, which is Hebrew for the evil inclination. So the desire within you to do wrong or the snake from, from the garden is the Yetzer Hara. Yeah. Um, that plays into the evil eye. And then the Hamsa hand, which is mm -hmm. the, yeah. Yeah, the hand of God with the evil eye in it. And that's supposed to remind you that um, you don't need to covet somebody else's things because God gives everything that you need to you. Right. Exactly. And I mean, and all of that kind of goes into the same theme that I've been kind of pushing about the album, which is like all these like kind of new agey or folklore things that then have like kind of practical causes. And but like in the in the web of like, you know, OCD and, and all the fears that we have and things like that, you know, sort of the, the practical reasons for it get lost. So maybe maybe people forget over time. Yeah, don't brag about how awesome your daughter is because people might be jealous and you know don't brag about how awesome your daughter is because a demon might you know ruin her face mm -hmm. <laughs> or something so i don't know it's it's just it's crazy to me to the the interplay between like practical worldly fears and then these like superstitions and beliefs that we end up with yeah so is it almost kind of a discourse between practical advice and i guess how it needed to be packaged three thousand years ago um, you mean us, the songs? Yeah. No, no, we, we try, I think we, we try more of a, 
less of an omniscient narrator role and more of a, you know, you're somebody in it. So okay. in, in Panahora, I, I think you imagine yourself as well, maybe a, a 19th century peasant. And so these are, these are not just metaphors to you, but we as the listener and maybe me as the basis know that there's like a whole interesting story, but you know, maybe if you're down in those fears, you're not thinking about how interesting the roots of those fears are. You're just like, mm-hmm. man, it would really, really suck if something happened to my daughter. I don't have any more daughters, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. Very true. You can't just go to the store and get one. Or maybe you can. Right. I don't know. Well, not yet. Get not yet. What? If one of your children goes missing, like if you went missing, what do I do? Look for me? Look for you? I would look for you. Of course I'd look for you. Yeah. You can't just go replace <laughs> Yeah. Or like, Avila. Wait. If Avila went missing. Yeah. Boom. Okay. Now... Oh, something uh, to mention, speaking about uh, Hebrew. Teddy's actually uh, from Jewish. Me too. Yeah, we're just a couple of hebes hanging out right now. Yeah, that's right. I <laughs> mean, I'm not Jewish. Shalom Aleichem. I'm not that's Jewish, but he is. You're not. Yeah, my wife's not. Okay. Yeah, my wife isn't either. My wife is actually a white witch, and I believe it says somewhere in the scripture that I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing, but... Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll check that out. I don't know. Yeah. Secrets of Daddy, episode one. Wow. There should be a a Secrets of John, episode one. That sounds like a good idea, actually. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, the way I put it is, if Hashem did not want you here, you wouldn't be here. Exactly. And love overpowers all. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, do you mention you're the bass player? Take us through the sounds on this record. Is there anything unique that you guys did or... Yeah, we we tried a lot of actually uh, new stuff this time. Um, there's some clean guitars, which I guess that's not crazy, but for us it was kind of weird. You know, we um, we put some acoustic guitar under some things, which again for us is a little interesting, but not for everybody. Um, Sarah does a lot of crazy synthesizer stuff throughout the record, um, both with her her core pad and with her um, Yamaha. Uh, it's one of the F- FM synthesizers, like the 80s style um, mm-hmm. frequency modulation synthesizer. So yep. between those two, she's putting a lot of really cool sounds on there. And then we have, you know, Kyle again layering just some weird, clean tremolo guitars and, and stuff like that. Um, it, on, on the song that we were talking about, Holler Goblin, I think is probably the best example. You know, Sarah's just playing chords with these... Um, weird 80s uh, FM synth things, and Kyle's got like a sort of almost a funky, clean uh, a rhythm going under his, you know, heavy leads and everything. Um, and then later in the song, Sarah brings in some really weird chord pads that kind of sound like Aliens Landing or something like that. So yeah, there's there's all kinds of weird sounds on there. Um, we intentionally kind of have everything balanced a little differently than some bands do. Some bands like to have the vocals way out front, which is fine. And, you know, kind of recommended if you're trying to, you know, make like a pop hit or something like that. But we, we like it a little more subdued so that everything's sort of just a little gloomier and more atmospheric. Um, and, you know, with the pads she's doing on the synth and then some of Kyle's clean guitars, everything, you know, hopefully it's a, a bit more atmospheric. Um, Chris and I, the drummer and I, 
really not much experimentation on our instruments sound-wise. You know, Chris was recorded in a really nice room, like a nice large wooden room um, with, with fancy mics on his normal kit. Uh, I used, you know, my, norm, my normal bass rig um, and actually kept all the pedals on all the time. It's just a, a, an overdrive and a chorus pedal that I, I turn really slow, so you can't really hear it, but it just kind of adds a little lushness to it. And he and I just kind of stayed stayed put. I didn't even turn off distortion on the in the quiet moments or anything. I just wanted to see something really consistent and solid underneath the guitar, vocals, and synth, you know, where they could just kind of focus on creepy atmosphere and, and melody more than filling things in. Mm-hmm. I noticed that, especially about the vocals. And uh, obviously it can go either way. And I, I like the analogy of either your vocals are like uh, one of those airplanes that lands on water where it most, mm-hmm. uh, mostly above and that's like your pop type stuff. Yeah. Or you've got more like a ship where the majority of it is still above water, but there's more down below. Yeah. Uh, and which is more like your rock and metal type stuff. Ideally, yeah. And I mean – you definitely see metal bands where the vocals go up, but everything's a trade-off in, in audio. And you, you learn that you can't make anything louder without something else feeling a little quieter. Like, if you want the biggest drum sound in the world, then maybe you can't have the biggest guitar sound in the world. Right. And so if you spend all this time making a record where the riffs are heavy and the drum sound is immersive and the, the bass really has the, like, the tubes working the way you want it to and everything just has all those harmonics... And then you slap the vocals way over the top of it. Everything you just did gets squished down a little bit to make room for that. And mm-hmm. is, it, is it, are you giving up some of the heaviness? Are you giving up some of the power when you do that? And so that, that's kind of the constant struggle I think everybody goes through. But what was cool about this band is like very early on, Sarah said she wanted to be, she wanted her vocals treated more like one of the guitars. And okay. that, that kind of clicked for all of us, like what, what we're talking about. Like not hidden, not buried, but you know, one of, one of the equal instruments. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Like I, I've, you know, helped people on, on more pop rock things. And I've, you know, talked to recording people my whole life and, you know, vocals are king uh, and everything else is there to support it. And that always kind of bored me <laughs> a little bit. Like, I mean, yeah, I get it. Like for a hit, you got to do that. But like, I'm so interested in what the guitarist is doing and I'm so interested in like how the drums sound in the room. Mm-hmm. So, I like something that gives kind of equal or or equitable at least exposure to everybody like that. Yeah. Yeah. Boom, baby. Sweet. So we chatted about new age religions and occult and old age religions. And I just saw a thing on Jews. cults in general. <laughs> and the difference, the difference between an established religion and a cult. And that's a fun one. Uh, Appalachian Hollows, we chatted about writing some clean guitars for the record, and you mentioned a few other uh, spacey things with regard to there, like tremolo clean guitars, which are a cool way to add some texture and movement uh, to a track, and then some FM synths, which is a a cool dealio, because it's not based on a sine wave like a a regular, um, what do you call those things? It's slow, slow oscillating, anyway, oscillating synthesizer. It's a different oscillation uh, thing. Based on yeah. FM. And uh, cool. I think we chatted about everything. We chatted about Holler Goblin, Kind of Horror, Occult New Age, Yetzer Hara, Evil Eye, Hamsa, 
Being, we're doing it. Yeah. We're doing yeah. it, baby. We did it. Uh, that concludes my question. So unless there's anything else, Jay, I just wanted to thank you for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Now, I want to I want to thank you and and your listeners. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about talk about the record. You know, we're we're real happy with it. We're really excited, and it's fun to talk about. And it's really awesome that there's somebody that wants to actually hear us talk about it because <laughs> I'd I'd be talking either way probably. Okay, I just imagine you in a room by yourself, just just hanging out the way you are, talking to nobody. That's <laughs> a- unfortunately that is completely accurate. <laughs> like when when we got off the phone, I'm just going to keep checking. Away. Exactly. Today was a podcast. Today we're talking with Jay Lindsay of Old Age. Hey, what's going on? Beautiful. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. All right. All right. Thanks again, John. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, let us know if you need anything else. Okay.